The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm still recovering somewhat from my news last week on Wednesday that my listenership numbers uh, just catapulted through the roof from a typical 150, 160,000 listeners to almost 300,000 in the month of September. So I really... Uh, thank you for listening and, and paying attention to the shows and what we're trying to bring forward for your enjoyment and your understanding and your increasing awakening and awareness at this critical time. And I've got a tremendous lineup of guests coming up between now and the end of the year. <laughs> the only date I don't have someone yet is December 19th, which will be a, an interesting one to fill just before the 21st. Um, and one of those guests is with me today, Georgina Cannon who has written a book called Return Again, How to Find Meaning in Your Past Lives and Your Interlives. Georgina, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was an impressive uh, number that you just gave out. Well, I know. I'm pretty shocked myself about the whole thing. <laughs> it's great, though. It's great. Well, you're obviously doing something right. You're I guess, engaging I people. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're a, uh, obviously a, a, a trained and experienced hypnotherapist. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't actually had anybody on the show who's been a hypnotherapist. So tell us a bit about what that is itself before we go on to the main Oh, certainly, yes. Well, hypnosis itself is extraordinary. I discovered it um, about 17 years ago. Uh, my background is journalism. I worked uh, for Woman's Own in England and on the Daily Mirror as a journalist and came to Canada and was a journalist here, then got into the PR business. So I'm pretty cynical. I mean, you know, it has to be proven that it works or, you know, I'm not into woo-woo at all. Uh, From my point of view, it's a tool. Anything is a tool that that works, I'm interested in. I don't care whether it's a a hammer or a screwdriver or an aspirin or hypnosis. And what happened is that I was, was looking for something to do that would... Um, get me out of the corporate world that would allow me to connect with humanity and do soul work. Uh, because since I was a kid, I've always been involved in the metaphysical. And um, I got my Reiki master, color therapy, did some gestalt therapy training, and <clears throat> excuse me, ended up um, happening upon a hypnosis class and was blown away by the power of it. We sort of, part of us knows that we only use one-tenth of ourselves, 
And the mind, the conscious and the subconscious mind are really like an iceberg. So the conscious mind is the top part of the iceberg. Below the water, the, the major part of us is the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind holds everything about us. It holds all of our emotions, all of our fears, all of our phobias, our habits, our patterns, our long-term memory. So it really is our blueprint. So if you want to change the blueprint in any way, whether it be self-esteem or nail-biting or relationship issues, then you have to access the subconscious mind. And the way to do that is through hypnosis. And hypnosis is, is the brain waves of uh, alpha, exactly the same as meditation. It's not weird or woo-woo or anything. It's the difference between hypnosis and meditation is that meditation goes inward and hypnosis, you follow a goal. So you want an outward goal. And um, it's the same, again, as, as when um, athletes run, when they call it the zone. They go into the zone. Same brainwaves. It's intense focus and commitment. So anybody can be hypnotized as long as they've got an IQ over 70, <laughs> and they want to be. You can't hypnotize anybody against their will, and you can't get stuck in hypnosis. It's um, just trance. It's just lovely. And most people who've tried it once really enjoy it. They learn self-hypnosis because it's like mental massage. It's a relaxation and it feels wonderful and it accomplishes goals like you wouldn't believe. So that how did, yeah, That's great. Thank you. Yeah. So, so how did that take you into uh, the realm of past lives and interlives? Well, because I have, again, been always involved and interested in the metaphysical and supernatural, I could see that it would be a way to access the, the superconscious, the soul level, the um, part of us that is without body. So I looked around for someone to study with and happened upon the most wonderful, beautiful soul of a man. His name was Henry Bolduc, who unfortunately passed away last year. And I learned self-hypnosis, I learned hypnosis, uh, past life, pardon me, I learned past life from him. And then I studied under Michael Newton to um, learn life between lives. So it was a natural evolution. And I'm now doing a lot of other regression work, including relationship work, all in uh, hypnosis. So there's, you know, it, it's a tool, but it can be used in many, many, many ways. And, um, and past life and interlife are the two ways that it can be used. So how, how does uh, specifically going back through interlife to past life differ from <laughs> hypnosis that you might do in a, in a more general sense? You know, that's a great question, and nobody's asked me that. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, Peter. Um, this is why <laughs> I do you, this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is why your listenership is growing. Yeah. Um, because we are all part, we are more than we seem, okay? We are much more than we seem. We're more than we are in this lifetime. And although we can regress back to, uh, through hypnosis to early life in this life, back to age two or three, or even into the womb, it's about this time, this lifetime. But what we do learn when we go back into a past life because we inhabit another body is um, the experiences the soul has taken us to so that we can evolve the soul to a higher plane. Because every lifetime we have a lesson to learn. Every lifetime there is something that the soul needs to accomplish or do change a pattern, for instance, of victimhood or whatever, and it takes us into different bodies. So by 
visiting those lives, past lives, we can learn what the patterns are. When we go into the interlife, uh, we actually leave the bodies behind and totally become soul or energy. It's going home. People weep when, quite often when they go home because they feel, it feels so familiar and they feel so loved and so welcomed. And that's where we meet our soul circle. That's where we go to the Akashic Records or to the library for other information. That's where we go to the laboratory to learn to manage our energy. And people become often more psychic or more attuned after going there. Um, that's where we meet our council. We also find out our own soul name and our soul color and often our soul thumbprint. In other words, what part of us we take from lifetime to lifetime. And towards the end, we go to the place of uh, choice of life. So we know our soul purpose. So what body are we going to inhabit in the current life? And why did we choose this body? And why did we choose this family? So it's really interesting uh, why we chose the body we're in. And uh, unfortunately, <coughs> you can't always choose what you want. I mean, I was hoping to get somebody who had long legs and long blonde straight hair. And I was told this body will serve you well because it's strong and sturdy and allow you to do the job you're meant to do. <laughs> so and, being, and being tall and blonde isn't always an easy journey either, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I would like that choice. <laughs> so many people in the Western world don't even believe in past lives. So what, what do you say about that? I say that's fine. You know, if you don't believe in it, that's fine. Even if you see it as a, a metaphor that your mind gives you and you gain the wisdom from it. That's really all that matters because it really doesn't matter what color your shoes were or what your name was. I mean, it's nice to know and it's interesting and fascinating and sometimes historically really intriguing. Um, but ultimately, it's about the wisdom and the learning that you bring into your current life because your current life is the most important one. That's what we're focusing on. So some people would say as an explanation for someone knowing information they couldn't possibly know as a result of this lifetime that they've known <coughs> from the past – that they've somehow tapped into some collective uh, consciousness that that is, gives them the information, but they weren't actually that person. So, so in your experience of the work you've done, what would you say about that? I'd say, well, I wouldn't get into an argument. I'd say, well, if that's what you believe, ultimately <laughs> we're after the same thing. No, we're after the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is wisdom. Absolutely. Which is wisdom. Yeah, and yeah. it really doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I do know for sure that there's research been done both in my clinic and through the CBC, as you know, and through scientists and researchers that have proved that it exists and that people can connect with that and whether they're just connecting through the universal consciousness to a period of time. But they experience it. They experience the emotions, the, the, the feelings, the, the, the knowledge, the awareness. Um, so, you know, I do, ultimately I don't know and it doesn't matter. As long as we get what we need. So could you give us an example of someone that you've worked with where there was absolute crystal clear information, knowledge from a, a time gone past that they couldn't possibly have known? Oh, many times. Uh, many, many times. I had a young man who, uh, not that long ago, and I actually just managed to get it into the rewrite of the book just before it went to final edit, um, who came in, uh, a young man, uh, um, he was a printer's assistant, came in and he wanted to do past life regression because he was still mourning the death of his girlfriend who died two years beforehand. And when I was chatting to him, he was 
seemed strange in one way. He he wanted to solve the problems of the world, particularly with youth, which is a nice thing to say. But he wanted to do it by building martial arts centers in inner city school, in inner cities. And I said to him, are you working through the social welfare system? Or he said, no, 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 I don't need them. I'm not going to get bogged down by you know, all that red tape and nonsense. I, I can do it perfectly well on my own. And, and I said, fine, okay. And then he went into a past life. And remember, he was about 30, uh, and I would say probably not university educated. Um, went into a past life, immediately became a Japanese pilot, and he was in a lineup at, as he said, the king's court, and he was having a medal pinned on him by the king, and he had his men, his squadron, alongside of him, and they were all receiving these medals. And um, he said that he didn't know what it was for. He's just told he was being honored for his country. And he was a very brave man. And he was going to war. Off he, Next scene, he was in his plane and ordering his uh, squadron one by one to fly down and bomb the uh, warships below them in the sea. So basically, he was a kamikaze pilot, and then he had to do that himself, of course. He was the last one to go. Um, he was a kamikaze pilot, and uh, they he, there was no way he could have known that. And he was weeping as he sent his men down to die. Um, he, Georgina, I'm going to hold you there, because we're coming up to our first break, and we'll just continue oh, with I, this story when we come back. Sure. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. 
If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder, to go to my website, www.petertung.com. There's lots of information there, newsletters, meditations, uh, and also all of the archived shows. There's probably about 170, 180 shows there now. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com, the journey through the heart and our Ambassadors of Light program. And the next show there will be a week tomorrow at 5.30. Having me today, Georgina Cannon, who is talking to us about the use of hypnosis to take people back into past lives and to the time between lives. And just before the break, Georgina, you were telling us the story about mm-hmm. the, young, the young man who went into a past life as a kamikaze pilot. So just continue with that. Sure. Um, I should also say that there's no way he would know what a kamikaze pilot was. Um, so he, as I, he was weeping um, and really quite distraught that he'd sent his men down to kill themselves and himself, of course. And um, the wisdom he got from that was be careful where you lead your people. He then went into the next life immediately uh, where he became um, a boss, a gang boss in Chicago, on the streets of Chicago. And when he entered that life, he, he was fighting on the streets with guns with a, a rival gang, and he killed all the rival gang. They, his boys went off and celebrated. And the next scene in that life, he was in another fight um, on the streets, but this time with the police, and he died uh, being shot to death, as did his gang. Most of his gang died. And the same story, the same wisdom that came from that life after we did all the forgiveness and the healing, because again, he was very upset and very disturbed. And he, um, the wisdom was, be careful where you lead the people that follow you. So when he came out of that, those, that, that experience, out of the, the whole um, session, I said to him, so what did you get from that and how does it relate to your current life? And he said, well, I guess I better rethink my plan about opening the the um, martial arts centers for the kids. I better really think about it very carefully. So I said, is that what you got from me? He said, yes, that's what I got from it. I said, terrific, okay. So, you know, the soul couldn't have given him a clearer story. And so, it was powerful. So when someone is in this state, in this alpha state, and you're guiding them through the process, mm-hmm. and this information how does it arise? Is it is it through scenes, through a voice in the head? How do they get the information? Well, some people see it like a movie. Some people actually see their past lives in, as if they're sitting in a cinema. Others don't. Others act, live it. So I might say to someone, uh, what do you see around you? And they say, well, I don't see around me. I just know I'm in the desert. I know that I can, I know where I am. So they, they know. It's very visceral. Uh, other people hear or they sense. Everybody receives it differently. And um, when they get the, when they die, then we go through a process of forgiveness and healing, if there's any healing to be done of the physical body or the emotional or, or um, mental body. And then um, the wisdom from that person, that part of them, their past life part, 
in addition to that, I ask the soul to take a look back over that lifetime and see if there's any advice or wisdom that they can bring from that. And so they get two levels of, of information and wisdom. Plus, we leave behind any physical pain. I mean, it's a process when you leave the life. That's why don't let anybody leave halfway through. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable the life is. So there's a really significant piece that you need to be aware of in terms of the level of uh, intensity of experience that they're having in these moments. Oh, totally. Well, they talk all the way through, and it's recorded. I make an MP3 and send it to the person afterwards. And they have get you, a copy of it. Have you have had situations where someone has become so traumatized that it, it, it almost doesn't feel safe? Has that happened to you? Yes, yes. Sometimes, you know, witches get burned at the stake. People get um, um, tortured. But what you do, because you have to finish that life, what you do is you lift them above it and let them watch it from a distance. And watch it from a distance if it was a movie on a screen far away and watch what happens as it unfolds. And then when the soul actually leaves the body when they die, then you can come back in and get the, and do the healing and the wisdom and the whole process of, of, um, moving into the interlife. So in terms of, uh, the, these past lives, in fact, uh, whatever did take place could be having a, a negative impact on their life now if that, oh, totally. healing, if that healing hadn't taken place. Well, I, I think I mentioned in the book that I got rid of my migraines through a past life regression session. Oh, just tell us about that. It was during my training, and the person that was facilitating me uh, at that time when we were both learning said, "What you know, what should we focus on? What should we do? And I said, well, let's see if we can do something with my migraines, not really believing <laughs> that I could, because this is now sort of 16 years ago, and I was, we were just learning. And uh, so we did, and he, he took me back. And before I even saw anything, I smelled this awful stench. It, I, I felt like I wanted to throw up. It was like rotting, filthy, I don't know what to call it, maggot-ridden flesh almost. It was disgusting. And I realized it was me. I was thinking. And I was an old crone with really stringy, dirty, filthy hair, barely any teeth. And I lived in a cave outside of a village somewhere in Europe. My guess would be France or Greece or somewhere. And my job was to help the women of the village give birth and collect herbs for abortions or to help an easier birth. Or That was my role. Uh, I was near starvation most of the time because they ignored me except when they needed me and occasionally would feed me. And uh, this one day I was down in the village helping a woman give birth to a son and the son died at birth and she bled out. She just died shortly thereafter and I had to bury them both. And that night while I was asleep, the husband came up in a drunken rage and started beating me up and then picked up a huge rock and smashed me over the head on the left side of my head, right by my eye, and killed me. And that's where I had my migraines in my left eye, but that, that top quadrant of my, my head, if you like. Mm, yeah. And um, the, my facilitator did all the healing and, and all the necessary work that we do. And I came out of that and went, wow, that was pretty awful. I wasn't sure whether I was distraught more about the smell or, or how I died. And I waited to have another migraine. And it, for about two years, I kept waiting for a migraine. And I haven't had one since. Oh, wow. So it's completely clear, that energy totally gone. imprint. Wow. Yes. It's really interesting, Georgina, because as you know, I've just been to, to the south of France. And, and part of our journey was to go to Mont Segur, where 
the final stronghold of the Cathars was. And you talked right. about burning at the stake, and, and it was pretty obvious and evident to me that there were a number of us on that journey who had been there in those times and yes. had been part of that whole thing. Yes. Not, not necessarily the victims either. I'm sure some of us were involved as perpetrators as oh, well. Yes. So, sure. so just talk about that in terms of groups of people coming together at different time periods and accessing that information in the regression. Well, I think it's important to understand that we've all been everything and we all are everything. So we're all good and we're all bad and we're all evil and we're all kind and we're all stupid and smart. So the pieces we choose to use in each lifetime make us who we are in that lifetime. So if you are um, regressed back to a life where you are the perpetrator and that just the thought is horrifying just understand that that was then. That's the part you chose to use at that time or your environment expected it from you and you, you knew nothing else. So what I say to the client at that time is, remember, that's done now. You don't have to use that piece again. Now you can use other parts of you. And when people um, go from one lifetime to another and they keep meeting the same people, Quite often it's a part of their soul group, which we'll talk about when we come into the interlife, um, because we play different roles in different lifetimes. That, that's what you wanted me to talk about, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so let's, let's move into the interlife. Let's start talking about that and, okay. what it, and what it actually is. The interlife is the passage between the, the two doors. You know, one closes as you die and one opens as you go into a new life. But in between, it's pure spirit, pure energy, it's going home. It's the home of the soul. This is where you go. Uh, some religions call it bardo. This is where you go to um, replenish, to uh, meet your soul circle, to uh, meet your guides or guides. Find out your own um, soul name and color, maybe, sometimes. Uh, to find out your soul purpose in this life or previous lifetimes. And to connect with your soul thumbprint i know it's funny to say that when you don't even really have a thumb when you're in the spirit but truly who you are uh from lifetime to lifetime for instance i found out my soul thumbprint was that of a teacher i i didn't know that before when, when i reflect back i can see that makes sense then you move to other places so when you meet your soul circle for instance that's where you'll meet people that travel with you as a sort of pod a group of us that go from one place to another. Uh, not everyone is in the same life, and not everyone, well, of course, we don't play the same role, um, but we do move as a group, learning from each other, helping each other, taking on different roles, one as the perpetrator, another time as the victim, and et cetera. And uh, it's all to do with soul growth. Um, the other place we go is the um, council, that magnificent group of Beings that are wise and kind, that guide us and help us and answer our questions, should we have any, which most of us do. Um, and they, they answer them from such an enormous overview that we could never do on our own. It's more than an eagle eye view. It's, it's profound. And everybody that I take or that goes through this process of the interlife is deeply moved and it really is awe-inspiring. And most people take the same steps along the way, the same stops along the way, but 
Some people don't. Some people just do two or three, but others do all five or six. But I had one a couple of, do I have time to tell you about one I had a couple of weeks ago? No, I think what we'll do is we'll take the break and we'll, okay. uh, we'll come back and, and uh, I really am interested in hearing more about what this actually is like as a place or a medium in okay. which we exist. So let's, let's take the break and we'll come back and talk more about the interlife with Georgina Cannon. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you, to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaim TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M-TV.com. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Last week, uh, I had on the show Jay Weedner from Guyam TV, who were kindly sponsoring my last 13-week series of shows and have uh, agreed to do the same again this time. So this is, in fact, the first show of the next series. Um, Guyam TV and, and Jay gave a, a lovely description of, of their goal, which is to really help people on their awakening journey through uh, original interviews with some of the greatest visionaries that are alive on the planet mm-hmm. today to help us with this, uh, this journey of, of awakening that we are on. And Jay also talked about his uh, awareness of... of uh, the end times that we are now in and specifically related to the interpretation of the Hende Cross that he uh, he has been involved in over the last uh, few years. So have a listen to last week's show with Jay and check out Guyam TV, uh, G-A-I-A-M-T-V.com, where you will see there is a free 10-day trial opportunity on the banner on the Voice America website. 
So I have with me today Georgina Cannon. And just before the break, Georgina, you were about to launch into a story about an interlife experience that someone mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. It was um, most unusual. I must say that every time I do this, I get chills because people, even if they know nothing about it, they seem to follow the same path. Um, this woman went into the interlife and said that she was, it seemed to be she was in water, a sort of um, liquid of some sort, but she was human and the people around her were human. And their role and their, at that time was to develop and understand new ways of thinking and being and creating. And as much as I, and I, I'm very careful not to lead, as much as I questioned and, and tried to get her to go along to the stations <laughs> of the interlife, uh, she resisted and she uh, said that her role was just to be, to be, and to be in community, because community is really all there is. And so I asked her how you beings came in to be born. Well, they just emerge from the water. And when they die, they just dissolve into the water. And I was in awe because she went on at great length about what it was they were discovering and um, developing as community. And they didn't need to talk because they all had the same thoughts and they moved as one towards the goal. And they all knew what the goal was. And it changed, of course, as they accomplished one thing to another. And it was so different from any other interlife that I have um, facilitated. I can only think that it was another dimension. And when she came out, she she was blown away because she doesn't particularly like water. I mean, she's not frightened of it or anything. But she said she felt very much at home and she felt like it was sort of vaguely familiar, even though she'd not dreamt about it or anything. But she said, I felt it was fine. I felt at home. So that was really different. So typically, what, what in terms of a, of a medium or a, I mean, it's a, a, a consciousness, what, what, what is it that people are describing in that interlife experience? In the interlife, they, yeah. they become, uh, once they leave the body and go through the gateway and the gateway and they, they fly through the cosmos and some people have a great description of the stars and the planets around them in absolute detail. Other people just, and, and they, they, they feel like they're being, they're floating towards something. Others go, you know, straight through like a shaft of light through a, a gateway and the gateway can be a circle of light or it can be a real gate, like huge gates. Um, and there's often one or many people there to welcome them. Sometimes it's a crowd of lights or people that they love. They might be uh, welcomed by people that they recognize. Um, sometimes it's Buddha or Jesus or Mother Mary. I, I, my personal belief is that the souls that are greeting them take on the role uh, or the shape and, and format of something they will recognize and be comfortable with. Uh, other people just see them as circles of light or shifting um, images of light. That's and good. sorry, go ahead. No, no, carry on, carry on. So they and they are greeted by this gathering, and that's when the tears start because they feel like they've come home. It's it's joy. It's a welcome back, <clears throat> and they feel like they have been away much too long, and. From this group usually is one or two guides, 
uh, one is they may be a life guide or they may just be a guide for the journey. And they suddenly see themselves again as uh, light, that there's no body, and they are interacting with each other uh, and communicating uh, by thought. There's no chat or holding. And even if they give each other a hug, it's like the emerging of light. So it's more of a telepathic type uh, it's definitely communication. Telepathic, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the physicality that we experience on, on Earth has gone completely, which is one of the reasons we're here, I guess. Yes, totally so, gone. So the, the council that that you then well, you've <clears> got you've got your soul group, and you've got yeah. the council that are sort of advisory from what you have yeah. said. So you, you have this purpose, <coughs> this mission to come when you come back to Earth, mm-hmm. and then we come back and we don't consciously remember that tell us about that what what's that about well some do i mean children do remember okay some children do come back and say you know my other mother said right or they come back and they say um you know i was your mother before i was your father or did you know that i used to fly a plane like that when i was big and they say things like that and Carol Bowman has done a lot of work with children and past lives, as you probably know, as have other people. And if they're encouraged, children will tell you the whole story. They'll tell you everything. Um, and quite often their playmates are not imaginary playmates. They really are there. Or they brought them in with them or they feel that they're still part of that life. Up until about the age of six or seven. And then it gets, and then it gets shut down. Yes. Yes. It gets shut down by society. It gets shut down by the child getting interested in other things, more worldly things. So how much in, in terms of these soul contracts that we make in the interlife before we come back into the next life, how, how much of this actually is free will and how much of it is set in stone? I think it's all free will. I think that, um, again, I... I get into a little bit of a fracas with some people, <laughs> but I believe that <clears throat> everything is free will. I believe that the karma we make for ourselves, and notice the language, the karma we make for ourselves is our choice. Um, if you come into this lifetime and you happen to be somehow disabled or you're in an accident or you come in uh, and life is unfortunate, what you do with that is your choice. If you have three people in wheelchairs, one will become a victim, one will become CEO of a company, and one will become an athlete. So what you do with where you are, which piece of you you use, is all about free choice. Yeah, so the circumstances may be the same and people will respond differently. Totally, totally different. So this council, um, who are Mm. our advisory body, can we contact them when we're actually in incarnation just to see how things are going? Well, they're sort of advertising. One way through to them is through our guide. Um, They are really, the council really are, are beings that come together to give us the greater wisdom. I have never been able to contact them directly consciously, but certainly when I go into meditation or if I'm facilitated into a past life, into a, an interlife, um, yes, I can contact them. And so you usually just, our conscious mind gets in the way. That's the problem right. when we do it consciously. And you mentioned your guide. So let's talk about the guide a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have a, it's interesting, you know, I don't know about you, Peter, but although I truly believe this, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't believe in it and, and I knew it didn't work. There's always a piece of me that wonders. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. There's always of a course. Piece. Of course. Yeah. Yes. When I was training with Michael Newton, one of the things we had to do was we had to work with um, three different people outside of the class and send in the results to be evaluated before we could graduate. One of the people that I worked with was in my clinic. And by the way, I never talk about my personal stuff in the clinic, never talk about my guides or anybody at all. And I was working with this young man who worked with me in the clinic and regressing him back and he met his guide and I said ask your guide if it's appropriate that we may know his name and Mark said um, he's just laughing and he said you know I said no I don't know um, but if it's not appropriate we don't need to know and Mark said he said you know him so I said there's no way no I don't know him uh, but if he doesn't want to tell us that's fine and Mark said and he said the name of my guide I tell you I nearly fell over oh, <laughs> the hair on the back of my neck yeah. <laughs> just went up and I said, okay, I got it. <laughs> There's no way he could have known. Yeah, yeah. And those moments are, are pretty telling, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> now, earlier on, you mentioned the stations of the interlife. Can you tell us what they are? Sure. The stations basically are, the first one is going through the gateway, and then you move to your soul circle, If you should, should the soul take you there. And from there, you go to the library where you can connect with your um, Akashic records or other information that the soul wants you to know. You can then go to the laboratory. There's also a place of rest and relaxation. And by the way, that young man that I told you that, that was the kamikaze pilot, yes. when he went into the interlife, he went into through the gates uh, and he immediately went into a garden that was the richest colors he said he'd ever seen, and he was encouraged to lie down on the grass. And he looked around him, and all of his gang and his squadron were all there. And these beings were walking around, touching each one of them, healing each one of them. Because for them, it was a healing place for all their souls. And talk about weeping. He just literally, his tears were pouring down his face because they'd all gathered there to be healed at the same time he did. So there's that place there too, uh, the healing or rejuvenation or relaxation place if the soul has been bruised or hurt. And then from there you go to your council, and then from there you go to your life purpose and choice of body and family and situation. And then you double check and see if there's anywhere else you need to go. And if not, come on back. Now, not everybody goes to every station. Many people do, but some just go to two or three. Depends on what the soul needs. And in terms of uh, time, and obviously time is different there than here, but what sense do you have in terms of how long a period that is between lives? No idea. The the least that I've experienced with my clients is uh, 18 months. Oh. And we do hear that, you know, somebody dies, like a, a beloved grandparent dies, and within a few months a baby is born. And the baby seems to connect very strongly with the grandparent picture of the grandfather or whatever. We do hear about that. Yeah. But I've never actually worked with that. Um, it, other than that, it can be hundreds of years. Depends on what the soul needs. And in terms of uh, ongoing lifetimes, then, again, it could be an, an enormous number or only a few. Yes. And I've not 
actually read anything that is definitive. It depends on again what the soul needs. Yeah. Fascinating stuff, Georgina. We're coming up to our final break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV.com. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Having a fascinating discussion today with Georgina Cannon. And Georgina, I'd love you to have the opportunity of letting our listeners know how they can get your book, Return Again, or how they can make contact with you. Oh, thank you. Uh, they can certainly get my book um, at your local bookstore and through Amazon, amazon.ca.com.uk.australia, pretty well everywhere. Okay. Amazon's carrying it, or your local bookstore. And you can reach me at Georgina at georginacannon.com and I answer every email. <laughs> and do you do sessions by telephone or do you do them all live? Um, mostly live, but I do do some on Skype. I have clients in LA and New York okay. and um, as well as people who come in from the States to come in to see me. But um, yeah, I do some on Skype. And you're based in Toronto, Canada? In Toronto. Beautiful Toronto. <laughs> and you also give the opportunity in the book for people to do their own self-regression. Yes, I do. And the reason I do that is because people I know want to do it, and not everybody can get to a facilitator, a well-trained ethical facilitator. And so the script is in there. And I would suggest very strongly, though, that you find a trusted friend to read it to you 
or be there with you when you do it. Otherwise, the conscious mind can get in the way a bit, and you don't want that to happen. You really do want to stay out the way and let the, the journey begin, <laughs> have some fun with it. Yeah. So, so one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, having had this experience, which clearly for some people is a hugely emotional, almost overwhelming uh, awareness coming in from some past situation, how does that impact the person in their life afterwards? Most often, it's life-changing um, with the awareness, as you mentioned, of who they truly are at different levels. And they are inclined to become <laughs> a, a born-again metaphysical person. <laughs> like us, um, you mean. <laughs> and know-it-all, you know. And there's nothing oh. more irritating to your friends or family <laughs> than being a know-it-all. You know, whether you're, you've been on a diet and it's worked or whether you've given up smoking or whether you've found a new f- restaurant and, you know, suddenly it's the answer to everything. And it drives people crazy. And you also <laughs> lose a lot of uh, brownie points that way. So I suggest to people that they don't go home and change their job, change their you know, husband or wife. Uh, just take some time and work through how it affected you and what it is that you want to let go of in your current life. Just do it very slowly. And what do you want to replace it with? So the first part is to really know what all of your thoughts and feelings and and wisdom that you gained from the interlife that you want to take with you into the future. Who do you want with you in your future? What do you want with you in your future? And what do you want to become in your future? What are you prepared to give up to put into your future? Because, you know, if you've got 100% of who you are, what is it that you're going to, what piece of you are you going to give up to replace with? So be very pragmatic about it. Just take it very slowly and be very pragmatic about it. And you've got to write it down. You can't just think it through because thoughts become fleeting. You know, you've got to write it down. You've got to make a plan. You've got to really um, decide which pieces of where you are right now you want to take with you. Because obviously a lot of it's worked very well for you so far. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just, you know, keep the best and slowly think about what you're going to do. Now, Going into it, you might have decided you don't want that job anymore or you don't want that husband or that wife anymore or that girlfriend or whatever. But when you really gain the wisdom and understanding of who you are, you really do get the piece of it's not about them, it's about me. So if I'm changing, then maybe this is working. So it brings a whole new awareness, and if you give it time, a whole new perspective. And when I say time, I don't mean years. I mean weeks and months. So typically, do people's uh, intuitive awareness uh, open up as well after these experiences? Oh, completely. I had um, um, a guy come in, I guess about three months ago, who came in and said, Georgina, I have to see you because there's something weird is happening. So I said, what is it? And he said, well, I'm, I'm sort of seeing trees. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, no, I mean, I'm seeing trees. I see the roots. I see how they feed everything. I see the branches. I'm seeing the leaves on the trees. I'm seeing them. And I said, yes. And he said, is that normal? <laughs> I love it when people say, is that normal? And I said, well, it is for you now. How else can you use that? How can you use that ability that you now have to see beyond the obvious? 
how can you use that for your benefit in this life? And he suddenly got very excited, and we spent the next two or three sessions working on that with him, integrating it into his life. So we've only got a couple of minutes left, and I've got to ask you before we go about heaven and hell. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Heaven and hell. Well, um, personally, I believe that we make our own heaven and hell on this earth. Even though we may be given a hell of, of a type of life to live, um, we may be born in the Sudan or Afghanistan or in a brutal family. How we handle that is really up to us. Even in the worst situations, in the, the concentration camps, there were people who were kind. There were people who were cruel. There were people who were caring for each other and people who trumped all over each other. So we make ourselves our heaven and hell. That's my belief. We see what we look for. So for those people who have fear of dying, what do you say to them? Come see me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all 300,000 cards. (laughs) Well, you know, we could do a group or two or 20. Um, I can't remove the fear of dying because the fear of dying itself is primal. The fear, and, and I never remove that. I remove out the fears, you know, fear of heights, fear of flying, whatever. Never remove the fear of death because that's primal and that keeps you safe. But the fear of ending this lifetime is a different thing. And once you understand and, and experience some, some past lives, you know that it's no such thing. It's just reincarnation. It's like the flower that seems to die but gives seed. It's like the trees that lose their leaves every winter and appear to die, but in fact they don't. And there's a core piece to us, I guess, from what you're saying that continues through each of these lifetimes. Yes. Yes. Indeed. And so, so presumably when people have incredible gifts and talents in a particular area, it's because they've practiced that through many of these lifetimes. Very likely, particularly if they're young and the family, they've come into the family that's not musical and suddenly they pick up the violin at five and know how to play it or the guitar or whatever. Yes, that's often. We're seeing a lot of young musicians coming in now, four, five, six, seven, twelve, fifteen, who are brilliant. And uh, where does that come from? Well, as you know, a lot of my interest is with the children and I'm noticing that in all areas of life that these master children are coming in with these gifts and awarenesses at a very young age. It's great to see. They're, they're brilliant and kind and, and psychic and amazing children. Well, we're coming up to the end of the show, Georgina. It's been a wonderful time spent with you. Do you have a final word for our listeners? Yes, I do. I do. I want people to understand that they are so much more than they seem. They are truly magnificent. Even if you get to the, to the simplest version of you, like the body level, your body is, is brilliant when you think about how well it works all by itself with the guidance of your subconscious mind. So if you only take that piece and honor it and respect it, and then look at the mind and how brilliant that is and, and, and your spirit, we are magnificent creatures. So please honor yourself and respect yourself and take time to care and love yourself. That's a great way to finish. Thank you so much, Georgina. I've really enjoyed today's show. It's been a, a great time spent with you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Peter. So my guest next week is Hazel Courtney, another fascinating woman who's written a book called Countdown to Coherence. 
in which she has interviewed some of the top uh, spiritual science experts in the world mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. as a result of her own experience, near-death experience, in which Princess Diana was involved. So I'm looking forward to uh, interviewing Hazel next week. It is Halloween next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a wonderful week. The veil will be thin. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tong for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network